Well, good morning, church. How you guys doing? That was all right, but I'll give it to you this time. Hey, how many of you guys have been enjoying this series called Voices? It has been an incredible series. I've loved hearing from the different communicators, different perspectives. Sometimes it's good to to have some other voices kind of speaking into our life. And today we're going to close out this series. And actually, next week, everybody say next week. week. We are starting a brand new series called You Can. How many of you guys need to hear You Can sometimes? You know, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I struggle in those moments. So This is going to be a series all about different situations, scenarios in life that we need to hear, you can. And so there's some invite cards in your your worship guide. You guys invite your friends. It's going to be an incredible series because Pastor TJ's had a little bit of a break from speaking. So whenever he comes back, he's a little crazy. And let me tell you, you're just going to want to show up to, to watch whatever happens. So you want to be here and invite your friends. But if you guys don't know me, my name is Shayla. I am actually Pastor TJ's wife. And thank you. I'm the better half. I'm not scared to say it. <laughs> no, but God has been kind of wrecking my world these past couple weeks. And there's been a lot of stuff happening just kind of in my heart and through life. And it's just like God, every single time, like I step out here to speak, he's always like messing with something inside of me. And he's always challenging me. And so I hope you guys understand that pastors and leaders aren't perfect and they're all walking through their different things in life. And so I hope you guys can learn something from the process that God has had me in over this, this last little season. And, and, and there's been something this past week that completely wrecked me because it's pretty close to the subject that we're going to talk about today. And there is a situation that happened a week ago Friday There is a pastor in California, a lead pastor of an amazing church, growing church, who actually committed suicide in his church building. And that just hits a little too close to home for me. And that pastor had an amazing church. He had a wife and three kids. And for some reason... He got to the place where he just couldn't do it anymore. And maybe he thought everybody else's life would just be better if he wasn't there. And this scenario completely has wrecked me. Because mental health, mental illness is very real. And we all have mental health going on because we all have a mental we have a brain and let me tell you something we serve a very real tangible God but we also serve a real enemy and that enemy the Bible describes as the father of lies and there is a whole lot of us and I know we're starting off a little heavy but there is a whole lot of us that have been believing one of the most powerful voices in our life, and that's the voice that's up here. I mean, am I the only one that struggles with mental things, like thinking through stuff and processing stuff? It's like there is this constant attack 
happening in my brain. And it's like seems to be the place where the enemy just continues to deposit lies. And a lot of times we look at the voices in our life, we look at the voices that speak into our life, we look at the voice we use to speak to other people, and all of those are powerful voices, but nothing compares to the voice that speaks directly internally to us. And I'm not sure if, if you guys are anything like me, but I think there's, there's this next slide kind of describes my brain perfectly, okay? I've got 99 problems, and 86 of them are completely made-up scenarios in my head that I'm stressing about for absolutely no logical reason. Man, isn't, isn't that the case? You know, we start off with like these visions and these dreams and these plans and this excitement about what we could do in life or who we could be or who God's made us to be. And there's all of these things going on. But what happens after that excitement is our brain happens. And what does it start doing? You don't have enough education. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You don't have the tools that it takes. And slowly, 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 that dream begins to die because we believe the lies that are in our head. I mean, think about it. All of the things that you've wanted to do, but it dies in the mind because we can't get past it here. You know, the Bible in Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so he is. And the Bible refers to the heart a lot. And it talks about the thinking that happens through our heart. And when the Bible refers to thinking in the heart, what it's referring to is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Okay, so what trips us up in life? Our mind, our will, and our emotions. It's like our emotions get the best of us. We don't have the will to move forward. And our mind continues to deceive us. And so the Bible says, as he thinks in his heart, so he is. And what that actually tells me is this. What we believe determines our behavior. What we believe determines our behavior. See, when we believe that we're a failure, guess what happens? That is what we live out in life. We don't try anything. We don't do anything. What we believe determines our behavior. You know, I think a lot of us underestimate the thoughts that we think. Because the thoughts that we think actually begin to define our life. And if we can't figure out how to get our thinking under control, our life is headed down a bad path. See, inside the word believe is actually the word lie. And there is a lot of us in this room, including myself, that have believed a lie for far too long. See, we've sat with a lie. But instead of continuing to believe a lie, we have to hold those things up, hold our thoughts up in front of the truth of God's word. Because the Bible says that the truth will set you free. But if the truth will set you free, then a lie will keep you captive. And a lot of us are walking around in bondage, believing a lie that was never intended as truth. But a lie believed as truth is still a lie. So how do we overcome this powerful voice in our head? 
How do we do this? If you're taking notes, the first thing is this. You have to take captive every thought. And I know you guys, well, I've heard that before, Shayla. How, how do you take captive your thoughts? Don't believe everything you think. See, I think a lot of times we think our thoughts are trustworthy, and they're not. And we sit with these lies. I wish sometimes that I could, like, take a thought from my head and put it in my hand and, like, actually look at it and speak to it, because then maybe I could not believe it. But I think one of the, the ways that we can begin to take captive our thoughts is to, to look at God's word. Because God's word has so much truth that combats the lies that the enemy tries to use. And us as Christians or believers, or if you're maybe not a Christian, the Bible gives us so many tools to defeat the tactics of the enemy. But so many of us, we know, okay, I'm supposed to read my Bible. I'm supposed to go look at my Bible in this situation. But we just leave it on the counter and never look at it. And we wonder why. These lies continue to plague our life and we continue to believe them because we haven't held it up to the truth of God's word. You know, the, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So we need God's word. We need to know the truth of God's word in order to take those thoughts captive and to, to put it up against something. You know, the, the other thing that I think we can do is, is we can pray. You know, every time I face something, and you know what? When there are lies in our life, we know that it's a lie. It's just appealing to follow after it. We just don't know how to, to get past it, so we just wallow in it and get deeper and deeper and deeper. But pray. Okay, so the thought comes in. Discouragement comes in my life. You know what I do? I start praying, God, I know that this isn't true. Give me the ability to see the truth. Lord, help encourage me in this moment. If you go to prayer, it begins to defeat the lie. And if, if we would pray as much as we worry, we would have less to worry about. But we sit in that lie. And for most of us, I think our defeating thoughts, our, our challenging thoughts are actually rooted in fear. You know, they say FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. See, I think a lot of people, we think, well, if, if, I, if I don't do that, then I won't have any friends. And I'm going to miss out on something. Or if, if I do this, then, then this is going to happen. Maybe if you're a businessman, it's like, I have to take care of my family, and I, I fear that I can't take care of my family if I step out and I do this thing that I know I'm supposed to do, so I'll stay in a dysfunctional job because I'm so scared to step out. Or fear, I'm going to stay in this terrible relationship because I am so scared that there is nobody else out there that's going to love me and accept me. So fear continues to keep us captive in our minds. So much of our dysfunction is rooted in fear. But the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So if there are thoughts in your head that are rooted in fear, it is a lie. And we need to begin to take captive those fear-based lies 
and compare them to the truth where God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. See, that, that root of fear begins to cause us to, to feel a certain way. And let me tell you, if you feel a certain way, it doesn't mean you have to be that way. Listen, I'm going to tell you something about your feelings right now. Because a lot of us allow our feelings to rule our life. Feelings are meant to be indicators in your life. They are not meant to be dictators. See, feelings are meant to be an indication that we need to investigate what's going on in here. They are not meant to dictate our reaction in the situation. See, uh, a while ago, I remember having a conversation with TJ. Actually, I didn't have a conversation with him. I was just mad at him. Um, So I was like in this funk, and I was just frustrated, and everything TJ did was annoying. And I mean, it's hard to believe. I know he's such like an angel, and but I was just frustrated every single time, and I had this feeling of frustration. And so what I did in that moment is I sat back a little bit and I said, God, I feel frustrated. Help me to realize why. And God began to reveal to me that, you know what, I had been lacking off in my quiet times. I hadn't been spending as much time. And as soon as I changed that, that feeling went away. See, feelings are meant to indicate something but not dictate how we respond in those situations. In Philippians 4.8, it says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, and a lot of us need to hear this, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You mean to tell me in that moment that I was frustrated with TJ, I needed to find something admirable or praiseworthy? Yeah, when we begin to, to shift our thinking to those things, let me tell you something. You can't live a positive life with a negative mind. You have to begin to change the way you think, to find the good, to take captive those negative thoughts, those bad thoughts, and make them obedient to what God's word says is to find something true, noble, right, excellent. See, you can't believe everything you think. You have to take captive your thoughts and investigate them instead of allowing them to dictate your life. And then there's, there's a next step that I think you guys are going to think I'm crazy when I tell you. I know you're going to think I'm crazy. See, the next step in kind of overcoming this is to quit listening to yourself and to start talking to yourself. You know, there's a lot of us that get caught up in our stinking thinking. You know, that, that thought just kind of takes off. I don't know if you have thoughts like I do, but I could, like, see a bug and in a moment be like, oh, my gosh, there's a bug. And then, like, it could take me down to, what if that bug bites me and then I'm going to die and then what's TJ going to do? And, you know, like, all of these different things. But our thoughts do that, don't they? It's like, oh, my gosh, that person didn't talk to me. I think they're mad at me. Oh my You know, like, we go into all of these different things. And we have to begin to quit listening to ourselves and start talking to ourselves. And we have to say, no, you're not defeated. God's word says you are an overcomer. God says you are more than a conqueror. God says all of these things, and you have to quit listening to the lies and start speaking truth to that situation. 
So we got to quit listening to ourselves and start talking to ourselves. It's only when you interrupt yourself that it's a problem, okay? <laughs> so actually, there's a guy in the, in the Bible named David. And before David became king, he, he had a lot of challenges happening in his life. And he was facing some incredibly difficult odds, and he was feeling discouraged, lost, abandoned. But I want you guys to listen throughout a couple of verses in, in Psalms what David does. In Psalms 42, 5 and 6, he starts saying, he's investigating the feeling that he's had. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? That's his brain talking, right? And then what does David do? He goes into, I will put my hope in God. He starts commanding himself to get out of his head and to start speaking truth. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now, I'm deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. And he goes on to say a bunch of mountains, but I, I don't think I can. And then in Psalms 42, 11, again, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Then again in the next chapter, man, David's got issues. But he doesn't stay stuck in his issues. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Commands himself, I will put my hope in God. See, David doesn't just sit there and listen to the negative thoughts that are rolling through his head. And you know what? He had every reason to be discouraged. But he starts saying, no, you are not getting stuck in this self. You are going to trust God. You are going to believe God. And he begins to talk to his situation. I think sometimes some of the unhappiness that's in our life, the disappointment that is in our life is due to the fact that we've been listening to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves, And it's been destroying things around us because we are so caught in our head. And I think we all get caught in this dysfunctional thinking. And I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an insight into Shayla. I have a, a major pet peeve. And so don't ever say this to me, okay? My major pet peeve is when people tell me, well, that's just who I am. Well, that's just who I am. You know what? I was raised like that, so that's just who I am. No, it's not. That's who you choose to be. Well, I just kind of have a negative bent in my life. No, that's what you choose. And a lot of us have this thinking, well, that's just who I am. No, that is who you choose to be. And we can begin to, to talk ourselves out of those situations and to say, yes, that is how I feel, but that is not who I am. And in Romans 10, 17, it says this, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. There's the word again. If you want faith, you build it up here. So faith comes by hearing, so does doubt. See, doubt comes when you hear and continue to listen to the voice that is in your head. So what are you doing? Are you listening to doubt or are you speaking faith into existence? Because one of the reasons we tell you to read God's word is not just because it's a good book, but because it breathes life into your circumstances, into your thoughts, and it begins to, to shape your life. The last step I want to I tell you guys on how to get control of your thoughts is this. 
Surround yourself with the right people. You guys have all heard that saying, you are who you surround yourself with. If you surround yourself with negative people, guess what? It's going to be negative. If you surround yourself that, with people that don't have any drive or want to move forward in life, guess what? You're going to stay stuck where you're at too. You have to surround yourself with the right people. This is actually probably something that your middle school, that your mom told you in middle school. Like, now, Johnny, you need to pick the right friends. Some of us need to listen to our middle school mom. Because we're surrounding ourselves with all the wrong people. And sometimes if you want to change your thought life, if you want to change what's happening, you have to change your company. You have to change the people that are in your life. You know, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. If you listen to them, you will start acting like them. Who's speaking into your life? Who's challenging your thinking? Who's speaking to those areas? You have to have the right them in your life. You know, I have one of my very best friends. You know, she's somebody that I can share so much with, and she was here several months ago. We were sitting down for coffee, and I was just kind of pouring, dumping everything out on her, and I'm this and this and that, you know, like this is my opportunity to throw up. And so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm talking and I'm talking and I'm talking, and I remember halfway through the conversation, she just looks at me. She said, you need counseling. <laughs> but we need people in our life that will tell us those things. You know, I, I hear so many times, like, I want friends, I want authentic relationships, I want, you know, all of these things. Listen, if you want to have an authentic relationship, you first have to be authentic. You know, and a lot of us, we don't, we don't want to share the hard things. We want people to look at us and think, man, they have it all together. But I love what James 5.16 says, admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I want to pause here for a minute. See, relationships, good relationships in our life can bring healing. But we first have to expose the things that we're struggling with. We have to be authentic in our relationships in order to provide healing. But then it also goes on to say the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. When you surround yourself with righteous people, with people that are with right standing with God that will push you out of your dysfunction, that will pull you out of your pit, there is power in those relationships. And if you are struggling with your thinking, if you're struggling with your thought life, get around people that are going to pull you out of it. See, we need people in our life to, to share with, to be real with, to expose the things that, that we know are lies. Having healthy people in our life can help us do that. Because they can help us own our own progress. They can help us lift ourselves out of our negative thinking. See, in Ecclesiastes 4, 
9 through 12. I'm not going to read all of this, but I'm going to read part of it. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out to help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Can I tell you something? One of the enemy's greatest tactics is isolation. Because when he can get you isolated, it is way easier for you to believe the lie. You know, as a church, one of the things that we say all the time is we do life together. Because we believe that there is power in relationships. We believe that there is healing in relationships. We believe that relationships spur each other on. I had a, there it is. In all of your worship guides, there's a connect group book. Connect groups are a range of, of different things and different topics. There's actually a group in here called SOAP. It's a Bible study. If you don't know how to read the, read the Bible, get connected in that. There's something that hits so many different areas of life. If you are isolated or disconnected, it is your choice. We have to choose to connect. We have to choose to continue to reach out. We have to choose to be authentic with one another because it doesn't feel good. It's scary. But again, where does fear come from? I wish that pastor had people in his life that he could be real with. I wish that he had a friend that when he felt like he couldn't go on anymore, reached his hand down and said, then I'll go with you. need people in our life. We need relationships that hold us accountable. We need relationships that don't allow us to stay stuck in our destructive thinking. I hope that as you leave today, and again, we'll have these available again next week, sign-ups. that you'll be somebody that gets connected. That doesn't excuse the need to be transparent with one another. Because there's healing in that. And I want to tell you something. If you're somebody that thinks, you know what, I'm doing pretty good thought life's pretty good, I'm able to, to do all of the things that you're saying, then somebody needs you. Because there's somebody that's going to be in a group or there's somebody that's going to come up to you that they're not okay. And they need somebody to say, I got your back. So no matter where you're at, let's do life together. Let's be authentic and transparent with one another. Let's pull each other up out of our dysfunction. 
to cheer each other on, not let one person stay down to feel so defeated that they're no longer here. If you're struggling, please talk to somebody. There are people that understand. There are people that know what you're doing and the, one of the biggest lies the enemy tells you is you're alone. But there is somebody that gets it. So please talk to somebody. I want to pray for all of us today because I don't think any of us are exempt from the lies that the enemy tries to, to feed us. So if you guys will bow your heads and close your eyes.